everybody, welcome back to Spiritual Sticky Notes, where I share the things that stuck with me throughout the week. This week is no exception. I have been in my closet, and I know how it's been a while, but I am excited and I am happy to be back. This week, we are talking about submission and worship and what that means. And I'm just going to give you kind of the things that God dropped on my heart, my spirit, and he kind of checked me as usual. That's what he does. So I hope this blesses you. And if it does, take some time. Let us know. Join the group. I'll let you know at the end of this podcast where you can do all of that. But without further ado, here is Spiritual Sticky Notes. All right, everybody, I'm excited. Um, This week, I am all over the place, I'll be honest. And I was really struggling with finding my focus, really just being able to sit down in the worship that I wanted to sit in. Like, I would have my music, I would have everything together. And I just could not, for the life of me, get into God's presence the way I am used to. And I started, like, you know, looking and researching and asking myself, you know, what does it truly mean to worship? And then... Lo and behold, mind shift, here we go. I realized that a lot of the worship that I thought I was doing was really just praise masqueraded as worship. And I'll get into why (laughs) I felt all that and all of that. But I want to start with this. We cannot worship because we are so easily satisfied by the world. We struggle a lot of times with worship because we see so many other things providing for us and not realigning ourselves and showing ourselves that God has already done all of this. He did those things. You know, that job did not provide for you. God provided that job so that you could get that that check God provided that husband so that you could have that amazing family God provided all of those things but even though he provided that's not why we worship him and I was like so what worship is praising is celebrating him and honoring him for who he is not what he's done praise is celebrating for what he's done So a lot of us, we go in and we're just like, God, you're our provider. You're our healer. That's praise. Sounds like worship, but it's praise. And I was like, OMG, what in the world? I can't believe I have been masquerading, fooling myself, straight up lying to myself, thinking I was in worship when I was in this, this unique form of praise. So... I kind of had to shift my definition of a worshiper and I realized that I cannot truly worship him if I'm not submitted to him. If my life is not submitted to him, if I'm not allowing him to be in control, if I'm always having to be in control of everything that he's doing, then we're missing it. He, we're not getting what he wants to get out of it. We're not worshiping him because we're not allowing him to be the Lord of our lives. And you don't worship someone who you think is beneath you. And don't say, I don't think God is beneath me. 
you do all of the things that he said he would do for you. You try to control everything he already said he has control over. You try to make things happen that he's already told you he will do if you submit. So, you know, I checked myself and I spent a lot of time just staring at the paper like, man, this is this is what it is. So I kind of had to rethink my definition. And, you know, I got this blanket, very clear definition from God is not from like the dictionary or even the Bible. It's just what he told me in that moment. And he says, true worship is a sign of submission. If we are not mourning our sin, then we truly cannot be worshiping him. Because if we don't see how horrible our sin is, and if we don't humble ourselves and realize None of this is possible without him because I am a sinner. Like, and I think the thing is, they say, oh, there's no condemnation. And we get in this, this entitlement phase where we feel like, oh, well, you know, there's no condemnation. That's just what God is supposed to do. He's supposed to love me. That's, that's not how we're supposed to go about life. And I was like, oops, I'm in trouble. But by being able to hear these things. I'm able to shift my mindset. And I was just like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? And God gave me this mindset of I need to fast. And I was already on a fast when he gave me this. So it was just ironic. And I was like, well, maybe my fasting isn't enough. And it says fasting is not a commandment. It's God's expectation. It's something he expects us to do to do to get close to us. It's not something he commands us to do. And when we think about our parents and our fathers and our mothers, and when I think about my dad, his commands are one thing because I act in fear. His expectations that he's given me, the things he expects me to do, and my father has some expectations, y'all. But the things he expects me to do, I want to do them. It's a mental choice. I am choosing to do what makes my father happy because I want to see him smile. So when I think about my worship, I'm trying to meet his expectations, not a commandment. I want to show him that I love him. I want to glorify him because I want him to smile. So I had to ask myself, what am I doing to make the father smile? Am I submitting my time? Am I submitting my thoughts? Am I giving up my actions? How am I showing him that he is the most important thing in my life? And then my feelings got hurt. Because I realized that I was fasting from things I was comfortable with. And that ain't a fast, sis. That's a diet. It's a diet. But then I was like, oh gosh, here I am all over again. God says we have to fast from our treasures, the things we treasure here on earth. So for some people, food ain't it. You know, food is not what we have to fast from because the reality is we could go two, three, four, five, seven days without really eating anything substantial, you know, and I had to shift my mindset because at that time I was just kind of giving up meat. Um, I was only fasting 
from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And God was like, that's not a fast. You're not uncomfortable. So I had to re-envision my fasting and really seek him to see what do I treasure? And some of it is spending time with people. So, you know, I've cut down the amount of time I'm allowing myself to spend with others right now because I want God to get my time and not just my morning time because he gets my morning time. Like if there's one thing God probably gets, it's that 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. time. But what he's not getting, he's he's not getting my evening time. He's not getting my lunch time. I don't have lunch dates with the father. And I was just like, man. It's time for me to have some lunch dates with my father. It's time for me to have some daytime worship, some lifestyle worship and shift my perspective of what worship is. I want to meet his expectations. I want him to smile. And he expects me to carry his DNA. He expects me to walk just like his other son. He knows I'm not going to be perfect. And he forgives me. He calls me back and he hugs me. When I make mistakes, but he still expects me to walk the way Jesus walked. So if I'm not walking in the same footsteps my older brother walked, if you if you want to go there, if I'm not walking the way he walked, and I'm not submitting my life and I'm not modeling my life after him, then I'm missing the point. So I got to the point where I was just like. Why can't I truly worship? Here are the facts. I'm not separated from the things that tempt me. I'm not separated from the people who tempt me to go back to my old life. I'm not separated from the food that tempts me. I'm not separated from the the, the social media that's tempting me. Whatever it is, there are some things we're not separated from that we have not cut the ties from. And I've talked about cutting ties for a long time. And I'm still cutting ties. And I've been struggling with that because the more I cut ties, the more alone I feel. But then I have to remind myself, God is with me. I will be okay. Um, and then I said, well, well, why is that so important? Like, why is cutting ties so important? Why is separating myself from the things that tempt me? Well, the reality is I cannot comprehend the words of my father. If I'm still holding on to my sin, like it's impossible. We can't speak the same language if I'm still speaking the language of my past. Like He's given me a new language. He's given me a new tongue. He's downloaded that in my spirit, but I'm still trying to be bilingual. And that's not what he wants me to be. Sin that we're holding on to, connections that we're holding on to, don't impact our anointing. They impact our fruit. We still have the anointing on us, but it's impossible to produce fruit in a season where you're still holding on to sin. And y'all, I'm not preaching to y'all. I'm preaching to myself because this is what it is. I cannot produce any fruit if I'm still holding on to sin. 
and I'm still holding on to the things that are supposed to keep me humble. Like there's a difference between acknowledging your sin and allowing it to humble you and holding on to it and allowing it to control you and allowing it to keep you in a place of fear and allowing it to keep you in a place of shame. That sin that you're holding on to, that past mistake that you're holding on to is keeping you from bearing fruit because you haven't shifted from test to testimony. Like we can't continue to walk in the, the test results. We have to take those results and say, okay, these are the results. Here's how I'm going to adjust because of the results that I received. But some of us are still sitting there with the results like, man, this sucks. But yeah, it does. You can't change those results. I can't change it. It happens. What I did in my past is is my past. Those are my results. But until I walk in the data and allow the data to shift what I'm doing, y'all, I'm a teacher, so that's what I do. The kids take a test, they they get the results, and I say, now these are your results, but here's our plan of action based on your results, and a lot of us have not put in a plan of action based on the results that we've been given, so we have to shift our mindset into a place where we say, this is what I'm planning to do. I failed in this test. I failed. I knew I wasn't supposed to make that phone call. I made the phone call, and now I'm having these thoughts. Here's my results, thoughts. What do I do with these thoughts? Do I apply them? Do I sit in them and just say, well, I keep having these thoughts, God, remove them. No, I stopped making those phone calls. I stopped doing those things. So I'm almost done because I promised y'all this would be no more than 15 minutes and I am moving way too slow. The last thing. When we hold on to our sin, it literally suffocates our fruit. Um, I read online, there's an, you know, an analogy, like when we try to grow fruit, I think um, it may have been in Matthew, but if we grow fruit amongst the thorns, it will be choked and will not live. I cannot continue to sow seed in a place where I was sowing sin. Like I can't do that. So I have to shift where I'm planting my seed so that it's not impacted by my old seasons and my past seasons and y'all this is just a random tidbit my worrying won't allow me to worship because my worrying is a sign that I don't trust God and worrying is a clear evidence of the presence of sin in my life so if I'm in a situation where I'm worrying If I'm in a situation where I feel like I I need to control the situation, there's a sin somewhere that I'm holding on to that I need to let go. Um, I want to end with this and I'm just going to let it be what it is. Um, and I'm gonna give you some scriptures and you can go look them up. I have first Peter chapter two, verses one and two, first Samuel chapter 12, verses 19 through 23 and Matthew 13 verses 22. Those are the scriptures um, that this kind of all came from. But I want to say this. If you get to a place where you feel like you can't worship, check your fruit, check your thoughts, check your heart. What are you producing in this season? And does it reflect your God? What are you meditating on? Is it shame? Is it fear? Is it stress? Is it his word? What are we meditating on and how is it impacting our life? 
and then our heart. What are we holding close to us? What are we treasuring? And is it the promises of God? Is it who he is? And once we do that heart check, once we do that thought check, once we start checking our fruit and all of those things, God will reveal to us our action plan of what we need to do next to get where he wants us to go. So I pray that my sticky notes stuck with you today because they are surely sticking with me right now. And I pray that you are blessed and and everything that you need comes from him and that if you need anything, you have the heart to reach out to him and say, God, I'm trusting you to be who you already are. So I thank you guys and I truly hope you were blessed by this and I'll see you next week. Hey everybody, I hope that stuck with you. If you want to connect with us, find us in our Facebook group at Spiritual Sticky Notes, on Instagram at Spiritual Sticky Notes, or just send us an email, spiritualstickynotes at gmail.com, and we will gladly speak to you, share with you whatever you need. I hope that you are blessed today, and I cannot wait to see what God's going to do in you, through you, and to you in 2021. Have a great day, and I can't wait to speak to you soon.